Hello, welcome to BlazePod. It's Monday the 8th of April. My name is Ben. I am, of course, very, very happy about United's win at Preston this weekend by one goal to nil. Uh, a really good away day, you know, very enjoyable atmosphere at the game, before the game, after the game. Good, solid performance by United back to, I guess, somewhere close to where we like to see us in terms of uh, attacking football, creating chances, and of course, not conceding three goals as well, which is always nice. Um, so yeah, we've obviously got another game coming up in just a couple of days, so a fairly quick podcast here to kind of uh, go through the Preston game, I guess compare it a little bit to our previous game against Bristol City as well, and try and work out you know, why it was, I guess, why it was such an improved performance. Uh, got some player ratings as well, and then yeah, we're on to Birmingham in a few days' time, but here to discuss this Preston game with me is of course Jay Blades Analytics himself so hope you enjoy this one uh, as much as I did and hopefully back in a few days talking about yet another win as well thanks for downloading all right joining me once again it's Jay Mr Blades Analytic himself how are you doing this Monday mate I'm all right your voice sounds a bit hoarse yeah, it was uh, weirdly disappeared about five minutes into the Preston game, which was quite inconvenient, and then sort, sort of sort of reappeared after half time. But uh, yeah, I mean, what I feel like we said this a few times this season, but what a response from United! I mean, I know you you, uh, you tweeted this one out before the game. We haven't lost back to back games since right at the start of the season. That Swansea and Borough game, so it's not un- not unusual for us to bounce back like this, but. Yeah, I mean, that was a really tough game and we went there and played probably our, our best game for quite a while, I thought, defensively and offensively as well. And yeah, a, a brilliant win against a good team and you know, then you get the added bonus. It was basically a perfect Saturday, actually. You know, it was a great away day. Leeds lose, a game that uh, I didn't expect them to lose. Slightly dangerous game, I suppose. West Brom lost and uh, then Wednesday lost as well, which which may actually be bad for us, but um, oh well, we'll take it, I think. But yeah, um, yeah, to come through this game, I mean, I think I was thinking about this earlier and maybe it's a bit sort of uh, red and white striped spectacles, if you'll forgive the mangled metaphor there. Um, I, th- I think if you'd said that we'd get through these three tough, I think probably our toughest games on paper, I don't think that's a stretch to say that. So Bristol City, uh, Preston and Birmingham, and we'd be maximum two points behind Leeds, which is what it would be now. That's the worst case scenario after this midweek game. I think I probably would have taken that three games ago or two games ago, if you like. So, yeah, great position to be in. And, um, yeah, I mean, so what did you think to this uh, this win at Preston then? Because I thought, um, yeah, as I say, I thought it was a, a really good performance from us. Uh, a very deserved win. You know, we created um, much the better chances and uh, really should have won by by more than the single goal, I think. But yeah, what what was your take on it? Yeah, it was it was our hardest game left for me. Mm. I think I, you know Birmingham and Preston were probably quite happy because they're both tough away games, and we've all seen what Birmingham can do. So there's the there's the lesson for us, <laughs> ready for Wednesday. But I thought it was our toughest game on paper, um, and I thought we were without being brilliant, without being our fluid best, without you know dominating the game, we were. Very, very good. Um, you know, Preston's historically a terrible place for us, and we went there. and I think we, we we competed with them on every level. We certainly got blitzed in the first five ten minutes, which I think you know Wilder said they expected. Preston statistically scored quite a lot of early goals. Definitely come at you fast and get a lot of pace. And in the wings, didn't they? And obviously, we had uh, without O'Connell, we've gone Stevens and Dowell at left wing back, which 
I know it works for <laughs> I know it works for a game or two, but it's still when you see Kieran Dowell at left wing back, especially again up against Lucas Nemechi, you think, oh, that's, that might be a bit tasty on that side. But yeah, yeah I think they you know they, they got their heads in the gear didn't they, after the first ten, and then I think we we kind of grew into the game. Um, and as you say, I think overall, you can go through the stats in a minute, but overall, I thought we we comfortably created the clearer, better chances and generally defended quite well. I, I think they got in once or twice, which some people say it may have been a goal or, you know, a decent chance. But generally, I thought we put some great blocks in, great bodies on the line. And I, I didn't feel threatened. It wasn't like the last 10 minutes I was biting my nails. I, I didn't think Preston were going to score, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really, as, as the game sort of wound down, there weren't many shots at all. I mean, we'll run through the sort of events in a second, but I guess the... You know, they had that a header from a is it Stockley, I think, in it that they signed yeah, from yeah. Exeter, is that right? That's right, mate. Yeah. yeah. So big lad comes on and uh it gets a header in from a last minute corner, but yeah, it was under pressure and wasn't really close. But yeah, as you say, they started very well. Uh Fisher got in down the right and um there's some gr- uh, two great blocks in succession by Basham and Baldock off uh, I think it was Maguire and Brown had close range shots. Uh Nemecha got in, Henderson kicked one away. Probably their what felt like the best chance, and it was certainly Henderson's best save of the match, was when uh, Fleck just l- sort of lost it on the edge of our area, really, and uh, it ran straight to Robinson, who forced Endo into a good save. Um, but then, yeah, from then on, I mean, I thought United were, uh, yeah, if not much the better team, then certainly the more likely to score. Um, yeah. And I-, I liked how, you know, we played in a more more of a front foot fashion, I think. You know, Norwood was playing slightly further forward. He was able to connect the contrast between... You know, what we saw against Bristol City and Norwood unable to get the ball to Dowell and uh, and on Saturday Norwood able to get it to Duffy was extremely stark. I think I had that number here actually or something like... Um, yeah, it was Norwood's... Yeah. It was actually his top pass combination. So he completed more passes to Duffy than anyone else at 14. Um, which, yeah, I compared twice, that against... Go on, sorry. Twice as, twice as much. Twice as much as any other of Norwood's pass combinations. Right. So, I mean, that just says everything really. Not only about where those two players were playing but how yeah how we were able to get into more dangerous areas I suppose but yeah last week against yeah. Bristol City his top passing targets were uh, Bulldog Stevens and Egan so you know it just shows you a much more sort of conservative approach but yeah I think yep. you know if we then we get to the goal itself uh, yet another set piece goal you know these are really uh, really <laughs> paying off now um, and yeah I was, I was looking at this I think it's I'm pretty sure this is my own sort of mentally telling them up, but I think that's eight set piece goals in our last eleven games, and obviously prior to that we had eight in our previous twenty nine for the rest of the season. So we've gone from being an an average set piece team to there's only four teams that have scored more set piece goals than us so far this season. And um, yeah, it was another uh, training ground special, Alan Nil special, as Alex Stone was uh, only too helpful to point out on Twitter. So yeah. <laughs> I'll just, uh, I'll just read out what he said, basically, for the routine, which was um, Stevens blocks the runner, Egan's at the back stick, keeper makes a save, and McGoldrick taps it in. And, uh, yeah, it was it was another example of that brilliant kind of creative blocking that we've been able to do. Um, but then I, I don't want to overlook the quality of the delivery as well from Norwood. You know, Egan gets completely yeah, free, beauty. but it's right on his head. And then uh, McGoldrick's there for the sharp-esque finish. And, yeah, from, from then on, we, we were... Uh, I think in a just in a good position, not really under pressure too much, to be honest. I mean, they hit the side netting, didn't they? And they had um, they had another breakaway as well 
uh, with Robinson, I think. But in fact, I think yeah. that was actually their best chance of the game was how most of the hundred percent, yeah, how most yeah. of the XG things uh, tallied it. But it ended in a pretty comfy save for Henderson. Um, and then United themselves. I mean, Sharp got in on goal. Great bit of link-up play from him, McGoldrick, and the keeper saved it. That was. You know, that was a, a fantastic chance for us. The only thing I thought afterwards was Sharp was just too far out when he, he needed to somehow be able to dribble to the six-yard box and then tap it in. Shooting from yeah, it was, a, it was a long range of that from Billy. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh, Stevens had a, a great chance as well from a, a cross, but he put it over, oh. um, which is very frustrating. He moved back to left wing back at that point. So, uh, yeah, he kind of first-timed it straight over the bar. And, yeah, you're just thinking, oh, come on, just, just stick that one away. Yeah. But, yeah, as you say, overall, not not too much else from Preston, I don't think, and that's kind of reflected in the um, well, most of the advanced stats that I saw have uh, you know as kind of comf- a, a deserved win on expected goals. I'm not sure what your your own um, model had it as. What was it? One point. Well, basically, round them up. One point five, one point nine. So blades one point nine. Okay, so you've got it closer so, than most of the ones I've seen. If a goal was two point three to up zero point nine, an experiment three six one two point one to one point one. Yeah, I don't want to be so geeky as to talk about the models, but I think a lot of the things I've seen haven't valued that Callum Robinson chance that high. Yeah, okay. Um, Scout don't even, uh, in for gold didn't, and I know Ben, uh, experimental, he he basically scrapes some commentary, some live text commentary, so obviously he doesn't get a full breakdown of the attack, as it were, he just gets a location and angle. Mm. That's how he manages to get all League 1 and League 2 as well, so... I think they all didn't quite value the Robertson chance as high as I agree with a lot. A lot of fans were saying that was a clear cut opportunity just mm. because it turned out to be quite a naff effort and, a, and an easy save. I free, if you freeze frame where it's from, I, I've got that chance is kind of 0.43, kind of 43% chance from there they go in. Mm. Um, so a little bit higher, which is why Preston have a little bit higher XG just on that one chance alone. But yeah, we were comfortable. I, you know, models are different and vary. We, it depends how you value McGoldrick's chance, obviously. You know, <laughs> I, I, I think it's fair to say that was almost a one. <laughs> a lot well, of models, I, I saw some people say, like, how, saying, how can that only be 0.8 or whatever? And then uh, Chupa Moting yesterday. <laughs> if, uh, with the, the ultimate so hold my cool. beer moment. So glad that happened because, like you say, you get a chance like McGoldrick one coming off the bar and all you get when it comes to XG is so that, that can't be 8.9. That can't be that can't be eighty nine percent. That must go in, you know, at least ninety nine percent. And you're like, one second, guys, seriously. All it takes is three or four misses out of ten thousand shots, and that percentage drops. Yeah. Um, you know, um, so it was good to see that. If you've not seen the uh, true promoting miss in inverted commas, I don't even know if you can call it a miss. It's, it's almost an intervention. Um, <laughs> he, he, he has clearly had a bet on Strasbourg to score next. That is <laughs> allegedly, the only, allegedly, the only explanation. If any uh, legal people but, are listening to this, then I yeah, can say that. Yeah, clearly. Um, the clearly Goldrick finish, Sorry. though, I mean, it's, you know, it's not... The thing I like about that, and it reminded me a bit of the goal he scored against Brentford as well, is it's great anticipation. That You know, if he, he sort of... When the ball hits the bar, he's probably, I would say, yeah. like six, seven metres away from where he eventually ends up kicking the ball. Like, is He reacts, just like that Brentford goal a couple of weeks ago, it's, he reacts far quicker than anyone else. And it's a, you know, yes, he's only about four yards out, but... Sticks a toe out, brilliantly controlled finish, threw a load of bodies back of the net. It's it's basically it, I, he alluded to it after the game, didn't he? He said he's been you know a bit tongue in cheek, but been watching Billion now. He's scoring goals like him, <laughs> and it it's a bit like that. It's yeah, exactly funny tongue in cheek. But actually, you look at it, you're right. You're bang on. He's not near the but he's not stood still. 
So what he is, is when the ball's dropping, he's in constant motion, which means he's kind of, he's attacking the ball and he's attacking it with pace. Whereas the defender stood still kind of waiting for it to drop to get the right angle to head it away or clear it away. McGoldrick's onto it Mm. in an instant. And it's that, you know, that's what Billy does as well. He's constant motion, isn't he, in a penalty area. That's why it always seems to land near him on his own without being marked because he's always on the move. And yeah, fair play to to, to Didzy, Um, you know. He gets this gets this label that he's not he's this wonderful player but not quite a finisher yet. We've managed to get that many goals out of him and quite frankly he's scoring finishers goals now, isn't he? He's scoring poachers goals. So Yeah, his thirteenth goal of the season and I think it's his sixth or eighth match winning goal. I, can't, I should have United six. tweeted that early, didn't they? I wanna but it's I the wanna most say it's, in the championship. I'm just It is the it's six and it's the most in the championship, I think. Yeah. In terms of match winners. Which is a kind of I don't know how meaningful a stat that is, but it's it's a nice it's, one. It's it's you know it's not it, it depends on the game state, doesn't it? And it depends yeah. what you're calling a match winner because I think you know it, it, is it a goal at three one game goes to three two because Didzy scored the last one. It's a match winner, but what it does show is is often scorers that score the first goal in a game so break the game state of nil nil or score the match winner. Mm. They're, they're, they're ones to pay attention to because they might not always be the top scorers banging in the chances left, right and centre but they score important goals mm. and I think that's a very true statement about M- Mr McGoldrick that he has missed chances and he doesn't always bag everything that Sharp would do or maybe even Scotty Hogan but what he does is he, he, other than all this other play we talk about he scores very important goals you think of the Derby game mm. um, as in you know, Derby not Wednesday but you think of that you think of obviously the game at the weekend he's had yeah. other games as well you know, as well Good. Well, yeah, exactly. yeah Millwall got the winner. Preston at home got the winner. Yeah, exactly. He scores very important goals um, at very important times, and that's a, you know that's a wonderful little attribute to have when you're yeah. as good as he is. Absolutely. Um, so we're, we're going to get onto player ratings in a moment, but um, what did you think of Preston? Because obviously we have a little bit of a vested interest here because their next opponents are none other than Leeds United tomorrow night. What did you think to <laughs> their performance? I, I would say to anyone judging them. Uh, it was a tough game. We all know that. We, you know, one nil win. I think we deserved it. But yeah, tough game. I wouldn't say anyone to judge them on that performance alone. The reason being is they have been decimated by injuries, and I'm they've got a thread. Yeah, they've got a threadbare squad beyond our squad as well. Like our squad have actually got some some players that can fill in gaps. They can't. Ben Pearson's been out for them. Alan Brown's been out. Callum Robinson's been out for half a season. Mm. Um, Sean Maguire's not fit either. These are players who are in their top of the game. They're top championship players. And that's fact. Um, and they've been injured. They played at the weekend, I know, but they played not fit. You could see that. Alan Brown is a is a third man runner. He runs beyond the strikers. He hardly did it. I think Pearson looked decent, but didn't do half of what he normally does. And Callum mm. Robinson looked to an absolute shadow of himself, quite frankly. Well, he went off um, early, didn't he? Must have gone off after about what an hour, maybe something like that. Yeah, not long. He just he didn't. He's nowhere near what he was in the first three months of the season. Callum Robinson was fantastic. He was one of the best players in the league. Yeah, we saw so, it in the lane. Yeah, exactly. He can rip the te- defence to pieces and he would certainly probably have bagged or at least had a better effort on that one that did come his way. So I, I would say don't necessarily judge them on that. I don't know how much that's going to change in three days. I think the Brown and Pearson injuries were not long-term. Um, they were just playing with Knox, so maybe they can recover and with some minutes in the legs, they might be a bit fresher. Hmm. Maybe Robinson with some more minutes in the legs, I don't know. But I think the other thing to say is because Preston lost that game, and it's maybe wishful thinking, but they now are in must, must, must win scenario. Yeah, they um, can't draw against Leeds or even lose. That's, no. that's game over. I mean, yeah, if anything, it feels like we we hit them at a good time. I, I saw a start. I, I think at the start, I think from the start of this year, they're only behind us in Norwich in terms of points taken or something like that. That's, or they were yeah, before I've, this game. 
Yeah, I put it out there. So if you take January the 1st onwards, they're third in the league yeah. um, in terms of points behind us and Norwich. And they've only conceded less. The only two teams that have conceded less goals are us and Wednesday. Right. So <laughs> they were actually they were actually a very good defensive side. So I wrote in my little t- data thread that I did that I thought it was going to be 1-0 either way. Mm. Um, and, it, and it turned out to be so because I think both defences were good. And I think you saw that on the day. Mm. We, if it structurally wasn't the greatest defence, we threw both sides through bodies in the way, didn't they? Even mm. if you think of that Stevens chance that he blazes, they still got four, you know, three or four defenders rushing out at him, chucking bodies in the way, and yeah, it was a tight game, wasn't it? It was always going to be settled by something like that. And like you say, luckily we we seem to have hit a knack of scoring set pieces at the right time of the season at the minute. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so I think, yeah, in, in hindsight, quite a good time to play him because, yeah, Robinson, because mm-hmm. you know, I fairly... Gallagher comes on late, which is always... You know, I'd obviously be much happier just to see him stay on the bench. But um, yeah, for, to only have to face, like... Well, we talked about him, one of the most creative players in the whole league. To only have to face him for like uh-huh. 15 yeah. minutes or so, that was very much a, a thank you and hopefully a well-rested to play against Leeds tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, I thought Preston were, I guess what I'm saying is I don't want people to be like, ah, okay, you know, that maybe that wasn't as hard a game as it looks. That was a hard game. Like they are, they are a good team suffering from a bad start and now some injuries. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Make no mistake about it. That's why I tweeted that out about them being third in the league in the points table. If you take the turn of the year till current state, because that, I mean, that, this is a side that quite frankly, probably should be closer to in the top six yeah. they had a shocking start where their performances didn't get the results they weren't that happens in football sometimes they then fell on a young back two who are very good um, and then at a time when they were in a great run of form I think they won like what was it it won 10-11 in a row or, or at least unbeaten in 11 unbeaten in very, 11, very yeah. recently yeah up until the Reading game which they lost so yeah. this is a very good championship team they've beat Norwich 3-1 at Deepdale mm-hmm. let's, let's not forget that not Last many teams have beat Norwich this season yeah, they are, and and that's they are that's a big statement for them. When they're all fully fit and flying, that's an unbelievably tough game, especially away from home. So, shouldn't downplay that. Just as we shouldn't downplay, you know, how tough a game Birmingham is, and it. We've we've luckily we've seen the evidence. So I don't think there'll be any resting on our laurels for this because we've seen yeah. what they did to Leeds. So, and they yeah. they fully deserve the victory over Leeds as well. So, if you look yeah. at the chances there, they they, they created more clear cut chances than Leeds, which says something. So, mm. this is going to be a tough game on Wednesday. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, just before we get on to play ratings, a few things I, I kind of noticed from this one is, I guess, uh, probably speaks to how good we were at pressing the ball. And there was a couple of players in particular but um, who were very good for us. But yeah, I noticed we were 18 out of 24 tackles um, completed and attempted uh, compared to 7 and 11 for Preston. So in a much more aggressive and successful at winning the ball back. And yeah, Preston dispossessed 12 times to our four. So yeah, and I felt that, you know, just kind of with the eye test watching the game, we just seemed to win the ball back a lot and also used yeah. it well, bringing it out of defence. Um, you know, the the link, the balance between the side was very good. I think uh, I looked on who scored and I think it was like, um, you know, the, the balance, our, our attacks down either flank were basically the same. It was like pretty much 36, 37% left and right and then the balance in the middle. So, you know, that was good to see because Bristol City... Um, uh, very much pushed us out to one side and we became quite ineffective at it. And yeah, just, uh, you know, Basham able to get forward a lot and, uh, you know, his touch map, as you tweeted, he was just absolutely everywhere for, you know, Insane. considering he was playing at centre-back in this one. It was a, a classic Basham game. Bulldog was getting forward. Dowell kind of getting forward, I suppose. Stephen certainly did when he moved to um, to left wing back as well. So yeah, uh, uh, you know, it just felt like it was getting back to 
where we want to be, I suppose. Not that we've been bad or anything, but you know that, that Bristol City game was a bit of a, a slap in the face, I suppose, and made us look not as good as we were, which is, I guess, credit to them. I mean, the other thing was, unlike that Bristol City game, I didn't really feel there was much sort of tactical shuffling going on in this one. It was kind of like, no. here's how we're going to play. Oh, look, it's good enough to win us this game, and we probably should have won 2 or 3-0, which is quite refreshing. A hundred percent. Yeah, it was noticeable, that wasn't it? It was really noticeable. I, you know, just going down to some basics. So I think everyone looked at or, or who likes to look at this thing, me and you especially, <laughs> you look at the average positions from Bristol City and it, it was, there's no clearer picture of Sheffield United struggling than when Ender Stevens and George Baldock, when they're playing wing-backs, are, their average position ends the game in our own half. Yeah, That is a rarity. It's probably happened two or three times this season and every time it happens, we don't win. Um so on Saturday, you, you look at the, the, the average positions on Saturday. Obviously, Stevens a little bit deeper overall because he played left centre-half. Mm. But Dowell is well into the Preston half. Baldock's well into the Preston half. Basham's average position is just over the halfway line. That's for a right centre-back, remember. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Preston's fullbacks themselves, all their defence and their two sitting midfielders are all in their own half, average position-wise. Right. In essence, what that means is we've played in their final third and we've pushed them back, which is what we do. And it might not have been as clear to see and as effective as it can be. Um, you know, I agree with what people are saying. We're still not quite our fluent best, still not dominating the game as I've seen us do this season. But quite frankly, who cares with six to go? Mm. Um, but it was there. It was prevalent. Um, you know, we, we did build the play. We, we did have players in the final third. That's why Bash to get into the penalty area more than their striker did. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> you, you can't do that if you don't have the ball. So really good to see us go back to that style that's took us here. Yeah, definitely. Very encouraging going forward. All right, let's let's quickly hit some player ratings then. So uh, I'll, I'll just start with Henderson. Um, I, I give him 8 out of 10. I thought basically flawless. Very good save from Robinson's shot early on, as I said. Uh, his handling was basically pristine, you know, handled the crosses perfectly. Another game where he's got the sun in his eyes for, for half a game and, you know, no problem whatsoever there as well. And I would say with that, you know, really good Callum Robinson chance we've talked about, you've got to credit his positioning there. You know, he makes yeah, that yeah. an easy save because he's he's in the right position, you know, considering the shot's coming in from an angle. So, yeah, I think without... Uh, I think they only had three shots on target, so that's why I'm not going to... That's why I'm saying he's flawless but not scoring him super high. But, yeah, I thought really, really good game. Yeah, not, I gave him nine out of ten because it, I think it's hard, isn't it? Because he didn't have to have a superb game. He just had to deal with what he got yeah. a, apart from that one brilliant save. But he dealt with it all stupendously well. And it gives the defence a clear clear level of confidence as well. Mm. You know, we all know he dropped an absolute nuts in that Villa game and that's gone, whatever. But despite that, he even this, you know, he's a young lad and as keepers go, he's really young, but he clearly gives them a hell of a lot of you know, confidence. Mm. Whether it's through his, I think you can see it when you physically go to games and if you're near him. He talks a lot, he's commanding um, and he's got a good relationship as well, especially with Egan. Mm. You know, they, they're kind of kind of telepathic. Uh, I know they had one little moment in the first half where Hendo could have come out, but they're kind of telepathic in terms of when when to clear, when to pass back to Hendo, when Hendo's come in. It, it's really good. So, yeah, I gave him a nine out of ten. Nice one. Go on, I'll let you pick next one. Uh, so, we'll go centre ours, I guess. So, I gave Egan uh, a nine out of ten as well. Okay. Um, just, just again, just thought he was might be a bit high that in some way. But I just thought he was completely solid. Yeah, I didn't think he made any errors. I didn't think he got beat unnecessarily. You know, it wasn't no no mistake for him to get beat. If someone went past him, it's because it was good skill. But he got back in, great blocks, and he's just there's no coincidence for me that John Egan is the man marshalling these clean sheets. Mm. You can just you know you see him on the pitch. 
marshalling that back three, just dictating how deep we go, where we need to go. He's always the covering tackle. And then, of course, his desire to get there and, and get the header on target, which led to the goal. So nine out of ten for me. Yeah, I've given him an eight, but I, I don't disagree with anything that you just said. Uh, led all players for clearances, uh, won the most amount of uh, aerial duels at the back as well. So, yeah, just a, another really impressive performance from him. Um, Stevens, on the other hand, not his best game, I don't think. So no, I'm going to give him a six out of ten here. I think you can mitigate a little bit by you know saying that he, had, he has Dowell ahead of him, who is not a left wing back. But, you know, their, their early chances came from getting past Stevens. Not past Dahl. I went and looked at that. Are you about to interject there? Yeah, they, they targeted it, didn't they? Right, okay, yeah. They, so, yeah, Nemecha got past him twice, I think, possibly three times, actually. Um, there was one that Henderson kicked away, and there was a, well, it was a pretty blatant dive to try and win a penalty as well. But, yeah, as you say, kind of kind of targeted him, uh, and he missed a good chance as well. I mean, it was fine. I'm not oh, saying it was 100%. bad. Yeah, bad, but... nothing to add. I, I gave him... If I'm honest, I gave him five, but yeah, I can see the six. He did, he did some things that was okay. Yeah, um, yeah so, so Basham, I'm going to do it because I just love him. Ten out of ten for me in this game. Must stress that. That's not saying it's a season thing. In this game, Chris Basham, ten out of ten. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I, 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 I'm not even going to go through his stats. I'm <laughs> just ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I said probably man of the match, but I was thinking more like eight and a half, eight. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I've been harsh. I've probably been harsh there. But yeah, I thought he just drove forward superbly, defended really well as well, got a key block in early on that I mentioned. So yeah, uh, it was a probably one of his best performances of the season, actually. I'm not sure why I've written down eight out of ten. You can probably bump that one up a bit. Um, Dowell at left wing back, I think did okay. Nothing special. I gave him six out of ten. It was actually, it was much more involved than he was against Bristol City the previous week. You know, he received the ball a lot in Preston's half, even though he was playing uh, ostensibly a deeper role. But you know, didn't didn't actually do anything with it. His defending was fine, but yeah, not not a very impactful game. No, six six out of ten. Yeah, no, did nothing. Well, I say did nothing wrong. Got beat a couple of times. Made up for that in other areas. Did okay. Nothing more. Yeah, it's not a left wing back, is it? It's, it's one of them. If you're just saying like expectation no. versus reality, it's probably an eight out of ten filling job. But yeah, I, I know Marvin Johnson has played parts since Dallas played left wing back, so you can't read too much into this. But I have a feeling. If we need a left wing back makeshift, as in if Stevens goes to left centre back, and we need someone to play that. I have a feeling we won't see Johnson. Yeah, unless unless Dowell is already playing in the ten position. I agree. Go on next. Uh, I'll go Ollie Norwood. So I give Ollie an eight. Mm-hmm. Thought Ollie was just very good with his passing, one or two. But we always get this one or two simple passes go astray, and it looks like he's not the player everyone says he is. But then he pings one thirty yards cross field, and you think, wow. Um, but just as you say, progressing the ball, you know, we didn't do it against Bristol City. We have to hit our number 10 because the number 10 then gives it to the wing backs and the centre backs can join in. If we don't do that, the whole thing collapses. Yeah. And for Oli to, to have his best combination into Duffy, I know that says a lot about Duffy as well, but it means he's looking forward constantly, playing forward passes, a couple of random long range efforts, which, <laughs> okay, I mean, Med Keith Edwards is happy. So, but yeah, that's, you know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just thought it was great. And then the delivery for the corner as well was just top class. So I, again, and his defensive work is so underrated. The way you just, you know, ball recoveries, I know you tweeted it out, most ball recoveries in the game just dominates that central area in terms of loose balls. And he's very good at intercepting as well. So yeah, great yeah. performance. Yeah, agreed. Eight out of 10 for me as well. Just on those ball recoveries. So yeah, he had 18 ball recoveries, which were the next highest lot. on the pitch was seven. 
So it's, a lot. <laughs> it's getting up towards three times as many. And, uh, you know, most of them were in our half, but, uh, you know, looking at the kind of the map of it, a few, quite a lot of them were also uh, like up towards the halfway line into into more dangerous areas as well. But yeah, really good game from him. Uh, we missed the other wing back, which is George Baldock. Uh, seven out of 10 oh, for yeah, me. Yeah. Another good game, yeah. I thought. He got forward lows, linked really well with Basham down the right. Obviously, Basham plays a part in that as well, but there's some really, you know, neat balls kind of just slipped through the defender for him to run into, on, uh, excuse me, run onto into the box. Um, got a good block in early on. Is, is you know, didn't barely misplaced a pass in the final third as well and uh, created a chance as well. So yeah, good, good, solid game at right wing back. I thought. Yeah, yeah, can't add more typical bulldog. What I would say about that right hand side, we'll, we'll get onto it with Duffers in a minute, but. There's a, I'm going to tweet out the average position in the pass network map later on because I made one um, using the kind of their touches where they played the ball and their pass combinations and that right hand side was was bloody perfect it really was you might not have thinking it to the eye test but when you look at the statistically what he did the ball progression that they had down there and the spaces they moved into as a four they worked as a four you can actually see the shape on the pass map and it's really good so look out for that later everyone because it's a really good indication of how we played the game. Nice. Yeah, I definitely felt that watching it because I was I was on that side behind the goal, if you like. So they were kind of down yeah. in front of me. So yeah, it just felt like every time we came down the right, we were yeah just getting around the defense really easily and getting bodies forward and stuff. And yeah, there's credit to the the shape and ability of those players, I guess. Um, all right, uh, on to midfield then. Who, who do you want to hit next? Uh, I think well, we've done Norwood to Fleck, and, we, and we've done Dowers also Fleck. I, I just gave Fleck a six. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, same again. Nothing much to add. Didn't do anything spectacular. Couple of interceptions. Tried to have the odd dribble, but just, yeah, it wasn't really his best game by any means, but he didn't really do much wrong either. But apart from actually the giveaway for the ball, yeah. um, for Robinson's shot early on, which could have relegated him to a zero um, <laughs> just on that pass alone. But yeah, luckily, yeah, Hendo got him out of trouble there. And after that, he was pretty steady, so six. Yeah, it's a, a quiet game, a six out of 10 for me as well. I thought, I thought possibly having Duffy back in the team kind of allowed him to do that, to play a bit deeper yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. not need to drive with it as much. So yeah, quiet game for him. Duffy, I'm curious... I'm curious where you're going on this one, actually. Um, I sort of, I, I'm kind of teetering between a six and a seven because I didn't think he was that good. At the same time, we were definitely better with him on the pitch. Uh, he had a couple of kind of very noticeable giveaways, I thought, in possession with where it was like, why have you done? Like, how have you done that? Almost like you're much better than that. We know you're better than that. Um, but then, having said that, you know, if you, if you just look at it, it's like basic stats it was more or less perfect you know he only actually so he only actually misplaced six passes in the whole game so it wasn't like he lost it every time and you know his, his cross ends up re- leading to the corner that we score from and all those but go on are you about to jump in yeah i was just gonna sit on the seat yeah i saw the same if you look at the basic stats they're good but then also you look at if you look at um to opt to do kind of if you will turnovers so not necessarily a bad pass it incorporates bad passes in that's like i said there was he was almost, I mean, he had the best pass accuracy in the team apart from Billy Sharp. So, you know, he didn't give it away on his passing, but he did turn the ball over 17 times, which was the most for us. Right. So, and they're the miscontrols you're talking about. You know, the times it came to him bouncing and it's like Duffers normally kills that and he just rolled under or over his foot mm. or a bad touch and you're thinking, that's not you. But I had a seven out of 10 for him simply because he had the joint most touches on the pitch. Mm. Thanks to his ability in terms of knitting the play together, we had nearly... I think 80-odd more final third passes than we did against Bristol City. Mm. Um, Duffers himself made most of his passes in the final third and he's connecting both sides of the play. Yeah. Just pretty much, pretty much, despite the fact he was average, everything still came through him. Yeah. And, and, and then you look at his off-the-ball work on Ben Pearson in terms of pressing him, especially in the first half, putting him under. 
Um, you know, not allowing him to just start distributing the ball left and right because he's a good little pinger, Ben Pearson. So I just thought Duff has rattled away and, and joined in the midfield quite well. Without being spectacular, his presence made us better. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Good little pinger. I like that. <laughs> little pinger, isn't he? Yeah, he's a good little pinger. Um, yeah, it was really noticeable, like looking at his pass map, as you say, it's just everywhere. You know, it wasn't just like floating in the middle. He was out connecting, basically knitting us together left and right and in the middle as well. And yeah, his defensive stats, as you said, were great. The most most tackles won and attempted out of any player on the pitch, which is uh, pretty surprising. Not what I would have expected from him. So good to have Too him back. Way. Two aerial jewels won as well. Mark Duffy joining the aerial jewel club. Season best must be. Um, Billy Sharp, six out of ten. Should have scored that chance, basically. Yeah, he should have. knocked him down for me. But his link-up play with McGoldrick was great and generally just played well. As you say, only only one pass misplaced in the entire game. Pressed very well. Um, So, yeah, six probably could shade up to a seven, I guess, but I'll knock him down for that. A chance that I'm sure he thinks he should have scored. Yeah, same. Can't can't add anything. Ratted away well. Should have scored, but the, you say the link-up play to create that chance in the first mm. place. I know it bobbled about, but the little interplay between the two, the dummy in and the running off each other, just showed a relationship that's bang on, and that's why them two should always be the first two for me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, McGoldrick, uh, I gave him a nine. Oh, wait, okay. You've gone higher I than think, me then. I think as a striker, your job is to score, and Didzy does a hell of a lot more than that. And can be frustrating sometimes when he's on the ball if he loses it in a good area, but he scored the winning goal, um, mm. which he's there to do, isn't he? He's there to score goals. So, scored the winning goal. As, as I said, the bit of movement that released Sharp with a little step over and the, taking the descent of house away was beautiful. Didn't really do much else. So, probably a nine is probably too high, but I just thought his job is to score and he did. So, I can't mark him down. Yeah, I've I've gone with a seven. I think I've just generally been slightly harsher than you in these. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I think you know, it, it, again, contrast to the previous game, you know, he was able to play much higher up. You know, he dropped really deep against Bristol City, whereas this game, yeah, able to play higher up. He's still drifting about, you know, left, right, and the middle into, but it's in much more dangerous areas, and you know that that definitely helped us. And yeah, pressed really well. I thought you know, there was a couple of times he he properly hurried their defence and goalkeeper. I think he almost blocked one of their keepers clearances yeah. actually at one point so yeah uh you know if i'm just saying six or seven for the strikers you're probably thinking like oh they've not been very good but actually they were they did a, a pretty decent job overall i think um not too much to say about the substitutes i don't think uh hogan barely touched it stearman similar craney a good solid kind of appearance off the bench yet again uh yeah you know, no didn't misplace any passes won won all his tackles made all his clearances but yeah wasn't really uh wasn't really a game where they were required to make much of an impact, I don't think, unless you've got anything to add there. No, it's exactly that, isn't it? They were all steady. I mean, even though Hogan's a striker who's wanting to chase lost causes, they were all steady mm. Eddie subs, weren't they? So the two defenders says it all. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it does go to, to Chrissy, uh, Sir Chris having a bit more of a pragmatic approach. Um, you know, we ended up with technically, I know Bash can move into midfield and it's not technically right, it's because we always run forward as a team, but mm. six, de- six defenders on the pitch, I think it was, you know, we ended yeah. up with so you know that's that's that does teach that pragmatic lesson that we seem to have learned from last season. It goes into this being a good, solid defensive team, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really good to see that we can. I'm getting more and more confident when it's one nil to United that it stays one nil to United. Yeah, I mean we're we're in very good shape, aren't we? I mean, you know, even if we don't make the top two and we end up in the playoffs, I mean, in the last few months we really have shown that we can beat pretty much every team in the division, and we can go away to the best teams in the division and win as well, or at least, or get a result anyway, I suppose. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, just due to that combination of uh, solidity and enough quality to get us one, two or three goals. So, yeah, I'm... I'm well, it was, it was just a cracking away day. I mean, it was... It was Watching uh, sometimes with those games, you're like, oh, it's such a fantastic away day, except that football was terrible. The result was rubbish, that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. this this one, everything went, you know, pretty much perfectly. Sun sun was shining. It was a, a lovely day. The Leeds, Leeds result came through just as we were like queuing to get out the ground. And um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can get another positive uh, swing of results this weekend as well. Uh, scary yeah. this midweek. It was, a, um, it was a it was a Sheffield treble, wasn't it? It was a Sheffield treble now. So United win, Wednesday lose, Leeds lose. That's 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 the Sheffield treble. It's the it's the, it's the upgrade. Yeah. Now, I just want to say actually a bit of, bit of, bit of, I suppose a bit of crawling from me to United fan base, but unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. I mean, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't get a chance to go because I'm a little and unfortunately, but just watching it, um, you know. I follow it. It's just the noise that was generated, the colour, you know, seeing the red and white in a, in a home stadium of white was just, and the, and the celebrations at the end were fantastic. That noise, you know, I've seen Preston fans on Twitter saying that's the loudest they've heard support for 11 years. So mm. it's, you know, all credit to the, to, to the fan base because I think we, we've all talked about it, you know, especially home games. Can we back them a little bit more? Can we raise that level? Can we make sure that home games are intimidating? But Bloody hell have the fans responded. It's been exceptional the last few weeks. And uh, I get I get that we're second in the league, so it should be. But uh, all credit to Blades. You were brilliant on the day. Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. No, it was, <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a really good atmosphere, actually. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it was uh, Deadbutt actually pointed this out in his result. Uh, sorry, his report afterwards that, you know, just this kind of sense of calmness among the fan base afterwards, which I, I did feel it was, you know, there was obviously celebratory in the ground, but then... Travelling back to Sheffield, you know, everyone's just like, oh, you know, we're in a good position, aren't we? You know, there just seems to be this, like, just, a, a, I think, as fans, we're starting to, more people are starting to believe, I think. Not necessarily but, that we're definitely going to get promoted, but, like, there's nothing to fear. This team is really, really good and should be appreciated. Oh, 100%. And just trust what Chris says. Simple as that. You know, it's one mm. game at a time because if we've seen last week, some people throw their toys out of the pram because we lost to Bristol City and Leeds went above us and it's all doom and gloom because we've got two hard away games. And then in the space of a week, we're, we're in second and Leeds are throwing the toys out of the pram. You know, a lot's going to get said in the next couple of weeks, but there's still, what, six games to go? Six games, there's, yeah. Yeah, you know, Birmingham are clearly a tough game. They've just beat Leeds. They've beat some good sides at home. If we got a point, I would be ecstatic, quite frankly, mm. regardless of what happens at Leeds. You know, you just take it as a game at a time, uh, take it as a Sheffield United performance and result at a time as well. And and just, yeah, we're all going to look at what Leeds do, but just, you know, enjoy it. Really enjoy, do enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, enjoy the journey as well as uh, hopefully the destination is even better. 100%, mate. Yeah, I really do. Uh, enjoy it. And, uh, you know, things like last night as well, celebrate as well, little victories. So, uh, you know, Wilder, manager of the season, sharp in the team of the season, just... Mm. goes to show the level of, of player character and ability that we have here connected with this club this is, these are times that might not be seen again for some time I hope they are you know I hope they continue but they might not be seen again for some time so relish them yeah and uh, yeah get to see them in action again in just two days time and then we've got Millwall at home on Saturday as well which uh, I would hope is, is a close to a sellout again as it was against Bristol City and uh, yeah better result that time but yeah, I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Like you know, it was just a, a really enjoyable day. Good performance, 
good to actually get, get a result that goes with all those things as well. So, yeah, yeah. nice one, mate. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Blades back up into second. Uh, a, an amazing response uh, at Preston, really, which, yeah, as we've been saying, not the easiest team to play whatsoever. So it wasn't exactly a cakewalk, that one. Um, and, yeah, on we go. Uh, next round of fixtures kicks off tomorrow evening. And I guess we'll see where we are come Thursday morning. Anything? Uh, any final thoughts, mate? Uh, yeah, just and this is not just a vain one, but because I'll go for the others first. But um, there's uh, there's a couple of people connected with United, myself included, that have been listed as finalists in the Football Blog Awards. That's very true. Um, so I, I will go for the boys first because they clearly do a much better job than I do. But uh, the, uh, the guys at the S two four forum, um, they they are dominated, I believe, in the best forum category. I'm not sure it's best best content forum or something like that. The hashtag, I think it's best forum. Please go and vote uh, for those boys because, quite simply, it's quite tight. I've been told all the voting at the minute. It's, it's very Twitter-dependent, <laughs> as it always is with these things. So if you haven't already voted, go and vote for the S24U forum. Um, if you want to, I have a, a category nominated in as well. So I'm a finalist in the best social account forum. I'm, I'm competing against Deluded Brendan, which is a really big task because that's a really cool account. Um <laughs> It's really funny, and I'm not. But yeah, if you like my stuff as well, um, not necessarily my voice, but if you like my stuff, then please do give me a vote um, because it'd be great if United could win more things this season, wouldn't it? So always, yeah. This is the FBA Awards, right? It is the Football Blog Awards. Yeah, the the, uh, the awards ceremony is in May at Etihad Stadium. So nice. Well, good luck to you, and uh, yeah, I completely agree. Go and uh, I've already voted, so you don't need to tell me. Um, but yeah, do go and vote for Jay and uh, yeah, the guys at the S2 Forestu Forum because yeah, I, I occasionally have to block that on my computer so I don't spend too long doing uh, just basically scrolling through threads on that instead of doing work. So yeah, heartily echo that one, mate. And yeah, good luck to you and the guys, uh, the guys and uh, ladies at that forum as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so you got that one corrected the other day, actually. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, thanks very much for talking to me. And uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully another win in a couple of days. Looking forward to it. Indeed. Let's go, Blades. Cheers, mate. Talk to you later.